Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at week three. The 1-1 one one Buffalo Bills make their way into FedEx Field to face the 2-0 Washington Commanders, a Buffalo Bills unit led by head coach Sean McDermott, quarterback Josh Allen, receiver Stephon Diggs. We're going to get in to this entire Bills roster. Offense, defense, matchups to look out for. Players need to step up from the Burgundy and Gold's perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you probably remember the last time Washington faced the Buffalo Bills. It was almost two years to the day. September 26th, 2021, Washington traveled up to Orchard Park, a 43-21 loss at the hands of Josh Allen and the Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Bills roster that is expected and has been expected for the last handful of seasons to be an AFC favorite and a Super Bowl contender. But I will sit here right now and tell you guys that I'm not a member of the industry that will say, look, this Buffalo Bills team is going to run roughshod over this commander's football team. Because I saw Buffalo in week one in New York, and I saw what they did last week against the Las Vegas Raiders at home, 38-10 win, right? Winning by 28 points is never easy in the NFL. But the bottom line is, this organization as a whole has not won anything. You don't win Super Bowls in September and October. The Bills, since they've been a franchise, have never won a Super Bowl. They cannot get past Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and they can't get past Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. That is what has been proven these last few years with Josh Allen under center. So I'm not going to sit here and say, ah, this is just going to be a blowout. Bills are going to blow Washington out. Is Washington underdogs? Are they underdogs in this game at home? Yes, absolutely. This is a very good Bills football team. But I've also seen Washington evolve as a team this year, early on in the campaign, to where, from an injuries perspective, the injury bug has not bit Washington a ton. The adversity they've battled, right? Down 16-10, down 21-3 in their first two games, winning both ball games. You look at the box score, all they're worried about is wins. I see two wins the first two weeks. We're probably going to be without Logan Thomas this week. Has not practiced all week. Suffered that concussion on the dirty, dirty hit by Kareem Jackson in the end zone. Luckily, number 82 came down with the football. A huge play in that football game. But Washington's probably going to be without their best tight end this week. Someone's going to have to step up. Is that Cole Turner? Is that John Bates? Is that more Antonio Gibson in space? We're going to get into that as we get in to this Bills roster. But the bottom line is the Bills are 1-1. One and one. And the Commanders are 2-0. And if you're new here, first off, welcome. But if you've been here for a while, you guys know how much I've talked about this first month of the season and how important it was for Washington 
to kick it off on a positive note, right? You beat Denver, you beat Arizona. Now you got Buffalo, now you got Philadelphia before you play the Bears on Thursday night football. A game most likely as we look right now that Washington is probably going to be favored in considering Bears are 0-2 and they're struggling right now on both sides of the football. But that will come down the line. But for this Bills roster and for this Bills game, traveling into FedEx Field, it is never easy to win on the road. I'm sure there's going to be Bills Mafia at FedEx Field. I'm sure they're going to be there. I'm sure they're going to be loud. But in this football game, it's really important in this first quarter, the first two series on offense and the first two series on defense for Washington to get their foot under them quick. Don't allow Josh Allen to get comfortable in the pocket. Don't allow him to escape. You have to be disciplined as edge rushers and outside linebackers to what you're doing from a pursuit perspective. Corners. Stephon Diggs is one of the premier receivers in football. He's going to get upwards of 10 targets probably in this football game. Benjamin St. Just, rookie Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller. They're going to be tested this week. The entire secondary is. Stephon really... It's Stefan and really nobody else. I know Gabe Davis is their receiver too. They expect him to always do big things. They expect him to be really this wide receiver 1B to Stefan Diggs, but he hasn't become that in these last two years. He'll get targets. He's a good receiver. But outside of the three-touchdown game a couple years ago, he hasn't really done much consistently to be a, a guy that I'm scared of, right, from a, from a defensive secondary perspective. But he can play. Not saying he can't. He's a good receiver. But he's not just Stephon Diggs' level, and I don't think of it as a 1A, 1B. It is a clear wide receiver 1, there's a gap, and then there's Gabe Davis as their wide receiver 2. So bottom line, guys, let's get into this Bills roster. Again, 1-1, one one, loss of the Jets on Monday Night Football to kick off the year. So they're 0-1 in their division, and they came home last week and beat the Raiders. Again, 38-10, Raiders team led by Jimmy Garoppolo. They just ran over them at home, and now they're feeling good. But the thing now, too, that I look at this game that is important is the Bills play Miami right after Washington. And this could very easily turn into a game to where the Bills overlook the Commanders. Yeah, they're 2-0. Oh, they got a young rookie quarterback. They got a young corner that they start on the outside in Manuel Forbes. He's a rookie. You know, their front five is below average. You know, that's probably what Buffalo is thinking heading into this game. They don't think of it as a tough road test. So where it's a 2-0 team in the NFC East that is one of the best divisions in football right now, as it was last year, they're not thinking that right now. They're thinking they're going to come in, get an easy, probably two-touchdown win, and make their way and play Miami next week to prepare for week four. But from Washington's perspective, Eric Bienmi, all his matchups that he's had over the years with the Bills, we saw it last week and his familiarity with Denver's defense, his ability to dissect matchups and put Sam Howell in positions to win. And when I look at this, this Buffalo defense, they're going to make life tough on Sam Howell. They are. They're going to pressure him. They're going to play press man on the outside. No matter if there's, there's Terry and Jahan and Curtis, this corner's room for Buffalo, we're going to get into. It's not overwhelmingly impressive, but just overall as a defense, they mesh and they all understand what they're doing, where their landmarks are in coverage, who's rushing who, who's passing off to who over the middle of the field, who's dropping, who's not. They just communicate really well and they mesh. And there's guys at every single level that just make life tough. But again, I expect this offense and the architecture under Eric Bannemi to get Sam comfortable in the ballgame, to run the ball well at this defensive line, and then open play action, open some designated touches to the perimeter. And then when you get those opportunities on maybe a first and 10 or a second and short or a third and three, third and four, so when those safeties start to creep up a little bit because you think Sam's going to take a shot at Cole Turner over the middle of the field, well, then you drop a whole shot over the middle of the field 
30, 35 yards down the middle to a Terry McLaurin or to a Jahan Dotson. Those calculated shots down the field that I think we're going to see this week because we saw it last week. And Sam is getting more and more comfortable both in between the ears and his ability to say, look, I can rip these throws at an NFL level. And I think he will try that a little bit this week and moving forward. This Bills defense again, they could be stingy. Have one of the best linebackers in football in Matt Milano we're going to get to. But I, I expect Sam to not be shy. He's someone that plays a lot of confidence, got some arm arrogance under center. He's going to rip it this week if they give him the opportunity to do so. It's just being smart and taking those calculated shots, not forcing it in double coverage, just hitting guys on time, understanding what you're doing, reading your progressions, left to right, right to left, wherever that may take you, playing game manager if you have to, and also using your legs and creating another pocket, potentially not inside the correct tackle box with inside, of course, the outside of Charles Leno's left shoulder and the right side of, of Andrew Wiley creating outside of structure. It's going to be big this week for Sam to keep every single body on the Bills defense honest. So let's get into this Bills roster. Guys, look, bottom line starts at quarterback. You guys know the name. You know the number. You know the figure. Six foot five, Josh Allen, number 17. One of the most dynamic threats at quarterback in the NFL. Can run, can throw, has probably one of the strongest, if not the strongest arms in football. He just takes risks sometimes that put himself in precarious situations. Had three interceptions in that week one game just to Jordan Whitehead. DB for the Jets. You know, so Washington has playmakers. I expect Washington to get an interception this week. I do. They got some playmakers. And Emmanuel Forbes got his first pick against Denver. Should have had another one against Arizona in week one. I expect them to make plays this week. I, I really do. Um, is it going to be easy? No. Is Buffalo going to score points? They will score points. But it is going to be so important for Chase Young, Montez Sweat, that front four to be disciplined in their rush lanes and not allowing him to climb up in the pocket and escape north-south or escape out the backside east-west, reset his feet and hit Stephon Diggs 25 yards downfield for a chunk play on third and six or third and nine. Those types of things cannot happen this week. Um, so you know the name at quarterback, right? It is Josh Allen. If he somehow misses a play or gets injured, whatever happens, their backup is Kyle Allen, our old friend Kyle Allen. Remember you guys remember him just a couple years ago in the Burgundy and Gold, then went, got him from Carolina, started a couple games in DC. He's an athletic type of body as well. Not the quarterback that Josh Allen is, obviously. He's a backup for a reason in this league, but he is their backup if, if Josh Allen, for any reason, were to miss time. So let's now take a step right beside Josh Allen, the running backs that you're going to see for this Bills offense. It's James Cook, second rounder out of Georgia. In 2022, Latavius Murray, a bigger back they brought in from Denver this year, who's bounced around the league a little bit, been with the Raiders, been with the Ravens. And then Damian Harris came over from the New England Patriots this offseason. But make no mistake about it, guys. James Cook is their RB1. He is their bell cow. He is also a guy that will get targets um, in the passing game. Really athletic kid, uh, was really productive at Georgia. The brother, the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, through two games, it's really been him and nobody else. 29 attempts, 169 yards. The biggest number for me, guys, that stands out is 5.8 yards per carry. Nearly six yards a pop along behind this really rebuilt Buffalo Bills uh, offensive line. Damian Harris has eight carries and Latavius Murray has eight carries as well. Both those guys have touchdowns. James Cook has yet to get in the end zone. 
um, on the ground, but he is going to be their ball, their bell cow. And he's got some juice outside the tackles. He's someone that I don't expect to be there on third and two, third and three, pounding it up the, the one, two, and three holes, but someone escaping outside those edges to where Cody Barton and Jamin Davis, they're going to have their work cut out for them as far as pursuing to the perimeter and taking those correct angles that early in football games, these first two weeks, we haven't seen a ton of it. James Conner got going against Arizona, and we saw that early touchdown Jaleel McLaughlin last week against Denver, escaping off the left side of the line of scrimmage. And he scoots into the end zone really untouched on that play. So early in this game, Jamin, Cody Barton, guys that are in the box, Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, setting the, those edges and perimeters of not allowing James Cook to get outside the tackle box and really escape outside the hashes, it's going to be really key for him to just keep him bottled up to force the Bills into long third and eight pluses for Washington, of course, to pin their ears back and get after Josh Allen under center. It's always easy to sit in the pocket and deliver on time here, on time there, with nobody in your face, nobody around your feet, no hands in your way. He can, he can see over the line of scrimmage. A guy's looks like an NFL, uh, excuse me, an NBA shooting guard. He really does. He's a big dude. He's also bulked up at 230 plus pounds. He's a big dude under center. But being disciplined and getting after him early, not allowing him to be comfortable, sending blitzes, not just sending four, sending five, sending six if you have to, and trusting your back end because you've added guys to be back there. Hopefully we see Quan Martin this week, another talented kid to plug into the secondary. Got to get after Josh Allen this week. So those are your running backs. Now we're going to move to the perimeter, but first we will start at tight end. Um, you guys know this name if you followed me during the draft process. Uh, Dalton Kincaid from, from Utah was their first round pick. Uh, really dynamic tight end. Can play the Y, so attached to the line of scrimmage. Can play the F, uh, flexed out in space. Just a really fun young player. Um, he hasn't had a ton of work this year. 10 targets, but he's caught 9 of them for 69 yards. Hasn't gotten the end zone just yet. But just a really smooth athlete, guys, over the middle of the field. Those third and shorts, just understanding where to sit in zone, some yak ability. He's got all of that. Just really smooth hands. Um, in this draft class, skilled players, all included, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. I thought Dalton Kincaid had the best pure hands, really, in the entire class. He's that smooth of a pass catcher. Don't want to get him going. You just don't want to get him going. So Cam Curl is going to have his, his work cut out from this week covering Dalton Kincaid. We will see if Dawson Knox plays this week. I know he's been battling an injury all week, but if he's out there, expect him to run a lot of 12 personnel with this Bills offense. One running back, two tight ends, 12 personnel. They do a lot of things as far as chipping, releasing into the flats. They love to use Dawson specifically in the red zone, those front side pylon shots to where he just will out leverage a corner or a safety, put him on their back. Josh Allen will pump it to his to his hip or his outside thigh. And he'll just, he'll, he'll just reel it in. It's a touchdown. Quick six for, for Buffalo. So we'll see if he plays. But this tight ends group is really impressive, uh, in my opinion, for Buffalo. And in Washington will have their work cut out for him. They're not able to get Stephon and Gabe Davis going on the outside early. Expect them to try to get these five to seven yard chunk plays on first and second downs before setting up the shot play on third down over the middle of the field, over the top to Stephon Diggs. Because I promise you guys, if it may be early, if Stephon's not getting his targets, but I promise you, he, before the end of this game, he'll have 8, 9, 10, 11, potentially or more targets from Josh Allen in this. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Football game. So now I'm in this receiver's room. I've talked a lot about Stephon Diggs, local kid, went to Maryland. He's got 20 targets already in the season. The next closest is Gabe Davis with 11. So he's got almost double the targets of anybody else in this football team. He's brought in 17 of them, 168 yards, and got in the end zone. Both he and Gabe Davis have reached the end zone already this season. They are going to be their top two targets. I mentioned it earlier. I can't say it enough. Through two games, they have a combined 31 targets. They're going to be heavily featured. So again, the guys in the secondary, specifically Emmanuel Forbes as a rookie in this league, he will be tested. He knows he's going to be tested. They talked about it during the week. He's going to be tested. Now it's just seeing how he shows up because there is no more grace periods. They just don't exist anymore for rookies in this league. You're a first rounder in the NFL. You are expected to come in and not just compete, but produce right away. So let's now move up to the big boys up front for this Bills group. Uh, fresh new face unders really along this front. And that is with uh, Osiris Torrance, uh, guard from the University of Florida. I talked about Osiris again during this pre-draft process in the spring. Uh, plays left guard for this group. Lived along the interior three during his days at Louisiana Lafayette. And then now, um, excuse me, this past few years at Florida. He's just really heavy-footed, really heavy calves, big lower half, just tree trunks for legs. Not somebody that I expect to holster Deron Payne and John Allen for a full 60 minutes. I just, I can't look at Osiris Torrance and what he showed me at Florida and then these first few games for Buffalo and, and say that he is going to dominate guys in the middle. I don't think anybody really will be able to dominate number 93, 94. Um, he's allowed four pressures through two games, three hurries, a quarterback hit, has not allowed a sack yet through two games. But as a whole, this Bills unit has only allowed two sacks. That Does that say that their unit has been excellent? No, it's more so a credit to Josh Allen's mobility under center and his Really, the escape ability to avoid pressure, make things happen uh, when things break down inside the pocket. But you're going to see Spencer Brown, Connor McGovern, Govern, excuse me, Mitch Morse, and Osiris Torrance, and then Deion Dawkins is their left tackle. Where I find issues along this front five is at right tackle, and that is Spencer Brown. Seven pressures and a sack allowed through these first two games. He will live at right tackle. So whoever's out there, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, I love when we go into these game previews, guys. And I see that the tackles struggle, struggle, excuse me, for an opposing team. Spencer Brown on the right side, seven pressures through two weeks facing the Jets and Raiders. Montez Sweat and Chase Young, Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata. They should be licking their chops as far as creating and wreaking havoc for Josh Allen this week. It doesn't matter if they're sending four or just five or they want to send some blitzes this week, which I expect Jack Del to do. Spencer Brown, bottom line has been rough to kick off this season. So I expect them to give him help with Kincaid or Dawson Knox, maybe chipping Montez, maybe chipping Chase Young, and then working onto the flat. Or what's called making an edge rusher rush twice, meaning they're going to have to beat the tight end. Then they're going to have to beat Spencer Brown. They're going to give him help. They're not just going to say, Spencer, here's one-on-one against Chase Young. Good luck for 60 minutes. That's not what they're going to do this week. They are going to give him help. 
Deion Dawkins on the other side has been their best lineman. Only allowed three pressures through two weeks. Hasn't allowed a sack. Hasn't allowed a hit to the quarterback. He's been good. He's a veteran in this league at left tackle, protecting Josh Allen's blind side. That's exactly what you want to see from your left tackle. But again, the right side of this offensive line with Spencer Brown and then Osiris Torrance as a young rookie, expect Washington to do some unique things with some some stunts and some twists and blitzing off that side to wreak some havoc on that side to where you're forcing Josh Allen potentially to roll out to his left. Again, a side where he's going to have to reset his feet, flip his hips, then make a throw downfield much harder than rolling out to your right of his arm side and making throws all across the field, which we know that Josh Allen can do. So that is Buffalo's uh, offense. Let's hop over to the defensive side of the ball, a defensive front that only has guys, they only have three total sacks, excuse me, four total sacks this year through two games. Um, But they are, again, are just extremely disciplined. They're good in the run and they don't give up a ton of chunk plays. They, They just don't. Um, the group that you're going to see up front, we'll see again if Leonard Floyd plays this week. He's been banged up all week long. Um, but along this defense, you're going to see Shaq Lawson, former first rounder back in 2016. Can't believe it's been that long uh, since Shaq Lawson's been in the league. Daquan Jones, they brought over from Carolina. He's going to live in the middle with Ed Oliver, um, their best lineman. Uh, in the middle it is Ed Oliver, former first rounder out of Houston in 2019. Just a really, really dynamic athlete. Reminds me a lot of Deron Payne. He just moves like a big boy shouldn't. That's just the bottom line. That's how you describe um, Ed Oliver. Uh, he leads the team in pressures through two weeks. He's got eight. He's also got a sack and he's got five hurries as well. So just a really, really impressive athlete, about 6'1", 290, 295 pounds. Just a, just a really physically impressive dude. Uh, along the middle of this defense. As we move out to the other edge, Greg Rousseau, former first rounder uh, out of Miami just a couple years ago. That's now his third year in the league. He's huge, guys. You're going to see Greg Rousseau line up at edge, and you're going to think he's he should be on the Washington Wizards or something. I mean, this guy's absolutely huge. He's 6'6", 265 as a defensive end. Just a massive, massive dude. We know last week, guys, with Matt Henningsen along that Denver line, batting down passes, getting him in Sam Howell's throwing lane. Sam Howell is not in the frame of Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, where he's 6'5", 6'6". He's going to... Greg Rousseau, if he's not able to rush off of Andrew Wiley and Charles Leno and create pressure, he's going to get his hands up. And it's going to be tough to get passes through him, even on the outside. He's extremely smart to when tackles try to chip him or cut block him, excuse me, and get him down... He's extremely smart to push tackles down and get his hands out beyond his frame to even create havoc on designated touches, little tunnel screens or smoke screens to the outside, just breaking up passes like that. I mean, he's just extremely long, physical. I wasn't a big fan of him, bottom line, coming out of Miami because he's so long, so lanky. I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to create that speed to power that we look for a lot in these edge rushers coming out of college, especially as a first round pick. But he's been pretty darn good for this Buffalo defense. Doesn't have a sack yet in two games, but he's second on the team in pressures right behind Ed Oliver. And again, so that is Greg Rousseau, big six foot six, number 50. You're going to see him on the edge this week. Just a massive human being at the edge position. Really one of the biggest edges in football, right? Right alongside uh, Montez Sweat. Just guys that they stand there and they could tie their shoes standing up. It really is impressive uh, when you see Greg Russo's frame. So that is their defensive front. Um, Tim Settle, our old friend Tim Settle, he works rotationally. 
as a defensive tackle, as does AJ Epinesa and Jordan Phillips up the middle. But as you take a step back, this is where Buffalo wears their hat defensively. And it starts at linebacker with Matt Milano, just a stud that they got on day three years ago from Boston College. One of the premier, if not the premier cover linebackers in all of the NFL. The tight ends for Washington are going to have a tough time this this week. Crosses over the middle of the field, it's going to be tough. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, if Chris Rodriguez gets some carries, it's going to be really, really tough uh, for Washington to get going over that the second level, pushing through those those guards coming up and pulling to get Pat, to get through Matt Milano. He's just a stud, guys. I really can't say enough things. Again, for number fifty-eight within the middle of this defense, just the green dot, the. Just the penultimate green dot that you want in the middle of your defense. A Luke Keekley type, a Bobby Wagner type of presence for this defense. He's absolutely fantastic. You're going to hear it on the broadcast a lot unless you're at the game. He's a stud. Matt Milano is a flat-out stud. He's going to make life tough both in the passing game and running game for Washington this week. But there are more guys. That is one guy. There's more guys along this linebackers group. Terrell Bernard, third rounder out of out of Baylor uh, back in 2022. Athletic kid, um, but just somebody that is more of a byproduct of this defense, if you guys understand what I mean. Not asked to do a ton. Um, can roam sideline to sideline a little bit, offer some coverage pop for you, but I like him as a blitzer working downhill, um, not to the level even close of a guy like Matt Milano. And that makes it why a reason why they drafted Dorian Williams, a kid out of Tulane, um, this fall, or excuse me, this past spring. Really athletic kid, um, can really run. And he's kind of in that role right now. Remember, this Bills defense lost Tremaine Edmonds over the middle of that defense. He's now with Chicago. Play the second level, play the third level. Do a lot with Derek Forrest and Cam Curl offer for the commander's defense. But Dorian is just, he's coming onto his own. It's, look, it's a lot, right? Coming into the league in the second level of a defense, you got a lot of crap going on in front of you, behind you, to your left and to your right. A lot of stuff going on. Washington's offense with Eric Bieniemy, they're going to throw a lot at Buffalo's defense this week. Even though Buffalo's going to throw a lot at Washington, they're going to throw it right back. And it's going to be a heavyweight... I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight, just offensively, defensively going after each other. Guys, I just... I can't say it enough as far as how impressed I've been with Sam Howell. I'm not expecting him to come into this football game and be scared and have happy feet and not be afraid to push the ball into that 15 to 30-yard range of the offense. I expect him to pump the ball with confidence this week. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we're scared of the Bills. It's the big, bad Buffalo Bills of the AFC East a Super Bowl favorite. I'm not going to sit here and say that. I know Washington's locker room is not saying that because you look on either side of the ball and there's alphas everywhere. Skill players on offense with headline by Terry McLaurin to the guys up in the front four on defense. There's alphas everywhere. We saw Jamin Davis show up in a big way in week two in a massive game last week. That fumble against Russell Wilson turned the tide of that football game. 52 was excellent last week. Now this is a whole different test. Again, one of the AFC favorites, and one of the NFL, the Super Bowl contenders for this year. But I expect Washington to come out with confidence and expect them to get behind the home crowd, to get behind them and give them some extra juice that they may need to get their behinds going in the first half. So we're not looking up at the scoreboard and it's 14-0 at the end of the first quarter with Buffalo taking charge early in that football game. So that is their linebacking group. No rookies in their secondary, guys. Uh, left corner is going to be Christian Benford on the opposite side. It's going to be Trey White. Uh, you guys know Tredavious White, former uh, just dominant corner at LSU, first rounder years ago. Um, he's been targeted a ton. 
early uh, in ball games. He's, he's given up six catches on eight targets, and then second in, in uh, excuse me in targets against for corners is Christian Benford. He's given up only two catches though on six targets. So these guys have been pretty good early on in the campaign for them, but they don't scare me at all. I mean, when you look at their first two games, yeah, the Jets had Garrett Wilson. Okay. Then you go to the Raiders and there's Devontae Adams and okay, who else? Right? Washington's got some juice, right? Terry, Jahan, Curtis, Diami, they're all pretty decent. All pretty damn decent receivers, right? And Sam is throwing it with confidence. So I expect them to test these corners this week. Um, Kair Elam is a first rounder out of Florida. Similar to Washington's really front four, I mean, they've used some high draft picks uh, on corners uh, these last few years. I mean, Tredavious White's years ago, but he was a first rounder. Uh, and then obviously, Kyrie Elam was a first rounder out of Florida last year. So he doesn't start. He's more of that CB3, that CB4 for this defense. But a player that doesn't get enough attention for this Bills group is their nickel corner. And that is Taron Johnson. He is a stud. He's just a flat out stud at the nickel spot. That is just so darn important for every single defense in football with open space to your left and to your right. Whether you're guarding a tight end, whether you're an over or a receiver that's trying to get a free release within when you're reduced inside, really just a couple of yards away from the offensive tackle or the tight end in that case. He's just a really, really good player. And that is Teron Johnson. Again, fourth rounder uh, about five years ago. Just a really, really good player. And that's really all you can say about just these types of athletes at nickel um, doesn't get enough attention because, again, this is a Bills defense. They all mesh at every single level. But Trey White at one spot, Christian Benford on the other spot, former six-rounder last year. Um, I expect Washington to test these corners because at, and the bottom line is when you take a step back in the safeties room with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, we will see if Micah Hyde plays this week. He was banged up last week against the Raiders and really hasn't practiced much this week. And if he doesn't go the most likely going to have to activate either Taylor Rapp's going to get a lot of snaps at safety or we're going to see DeMar Hamlin. You guys obviously know the name came back from just a crazy, crazy situation last year. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go into the specifics, but we all know what happened to DeMar Hamlin last year. He was inactive the first two weeks. We will see if Micah Hyde can't go DeMar Hamlin, who's 100% and ready to go, ready to play, which is just amazing to see considering what happened last year, he may be active for this defense. And he's a hell of a young player out of Pittsburgh back in 2021. Um, he may be active, again, if Micah Hyde can't go. And that's going to be big, guys. That safety spot, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, are one of the, if not the premier, safety tandem in all of football. And this is kind of a habit here, right? I talked about the pop up front. I talked about the pop at linebacker. Now I'm talking about the pop in the safeties room with some guys on the outside that are stingy at times. It's a really good Bills defense from top to bottom, and Washington's going to have their, their work cut out for them. But keep an eye, guys. Today is Friday. I'm making this podcast early in the morning, so I'm not sure just yet if Micah Hyde will play. I haven't talked to anybody in the building for a scoop there as far as who will play, who will not. Will Micah suit up? But if he doesn't, that is a huge, huge loss for this Bills defense. So, guys, that is the Buffalo Bills if you care about the special teamers, we'll roll with them real quick. Real quick, Tyler Bass is their kicker. Long snapper Reed Ferguson and punter is Sam Martin. Uh, Deontay Hardy, the guy they brought over from New Orleans, will return both kicks um, and punts for them. So that is a little bit of a special teams preview for you guys. I know you guys always love looking at the long snappers because I know we got our issues right now in Washington with Cameron Cheeseman. 
Hopefully he keeps the ball up the damn dirt this week, guys. And Washington tried out five long snappers this week. Cameron Cheeseman's kept his job. He's got to be better this week. This is a game you have opportunity to score points. You got to score. And field goals are not going to be enough this week. You got to put the ball in the end zone to beat this football team. Again, they're one and one. They do not want to drop to one and two with Miami uh, playing them next week. Washington doesn't want to drop to two and one and potentially go into Philadelphia next week. And then you look up real quick and you're two and two heading into Thursday night football. So massive game, massive week. 2-0 2-0 Washington Commanders, it feels good to say. 1-1 Buffalo Bills coming in off of a 28-point win at home off the Las Vegas Raiders. That is going to do it for today's episode. Always appreciate your guys' reviews and your shares and your subscribes or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts at, you can find us at Commanding the Huddle. If you don't already, you can follow me, as always, on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler. My written work is housed at bleacherreport.com. I will have an episode out for you guys when loss or tie on Monday morning. Hoping for a win. Obviously, it would be just fantastic to get to 3-0 and then opening up divisional play with the Philadelphia Eagles that have looked good at times and looked average to at times below average on either side of the ball. They just lost nickel corner Avante Maddox basically for the entire year with that torn peck. We're going to get into that next week, but again, week three feels good to be 2-0 expectations for this week, I expect Washington to come out and compete. You have to get started early. Again, the first two series on offense and defense are going to be big for the commanders this week. Putting some points up in those drives, getting off the field on third downs is going to be huge as we move forward into the the later portions of the first half. And of course, as we move in to that final five minutes of the third quarter and the first really three or four minutes of that fourth quarter, are you in the game? Are you not in the game? What's the expectation for this team as we move into the second half? And if you're in it, you never know. It's momentum, right? I'm not going to sit here again, as I mentioned at the top, and say the Bills are going to come out and absolutely dominate Washington. Could they? Do they have the roster, the talent to? Yes. But I'm not playing spreadsheet football. It's different when you strap up and you line nose to nose and you got to play and you got to beat the man in front of you. And when I look at the talent, On either side of the ball for Washington, I look at this Buffalo team, it makes me happy to sit here and say that the talent for the commanders is getting there. It's not with the top teams in the league, but it's about execution at the end of the day. And getting started quicker. Washington has to get started quick this week. That's the biggest thing. Get started quick. Put some points on the board and allow your defense to stay fresh. Can't have Buffalo drive down the field 10 plays, 75 yards, and score. And then Sam Howell comes on the field, and it's a three and out, and your defense is right back on the field again. That type of stuff cannot happen this week. So bottom line, guys, I'm staying positive. I'm really excited to see how Washington plays this week. It's going to be a good barometer as far as where they are in consideration to can they parallel some of the top teams in football. They come out, and they win this football game. You're going to hear a lot about the Burgundy and Gold this week. If they come out and lose this football game by a lot, well, people are going to say, well, they were a joke. They are a fluke. If they come out and compete, they lose less than a touchdown or in three-point game, people are going to talk about the Washington Commanders. I absolutely promise you that. Haven't heard a lot about them this week because you beat Arizona and beat Denver. Heard a little bit about Sam Howell. You come out here this week, you show the whole entire NFL, you can play with the big boys in the league, you're going to get some respect. So again, as always, always appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Saturday. Lots of good college football. Headlined by Ohio State 
at Notre Dame going into the South Bend. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. Kyle McCord versus Sam Hartman at quarterback. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. at receiver. Emeka Egbuka, JT Tuamalau, edge rusher for Ohio State. Audric Estime at running back for, for the Fighting Irish. Offensive tackle Joe Alt, one of probably going to be a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft. Lots of names to watch in that football game. And of course, I'm sure you guys have some biases out there, whether you're a Virginia guy or Virginia Tech, Maryland, lots of good ball games this week to keep an eye on. And then Sunday, one o'clock, FedEx Field, one and one Buffalo Bills, two and a Washington Commanders. Already week three, ladies and gentlemen, a big, big matchup for Washington, again, towards the barometer of playing with the big boys in the NFL. So as always, appreciate you guys. I will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. I am Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.